Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. You may have thought we abandoned you because we took a week off, but we didn't. I just had things to do. <laughs> We're back, yes, yes. It, uh, it didn't, didn't work out to do an immediate post-game recap, but here we are. So before we get into what's going on with ASU and the uh, Joey Yellen experience, the South Point Lancers are getting some Arizona and nationwide buzz. Yeah, yeah. The Athletic ran a story on Bijan Robinson and his recruitment to Texas uh, or LSU or <laughs> Ohio State, but probably a hundred percent Texas, <laughs> unless he changes his mind, which he might. But he's not going to. But he might. But he could. But, but I'm not going to. I'm all in on Texas. But I'm not sure. Yeah, that was uh, the 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 tweet about that. I think it was the tweet and not the headline. About you know, Bijan Robinson sets the record straight. And like, actually, I think he did just the opposite. He 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 uh, he made the record crooked, as far as I could tell. Well, he the the one thing about Robinson from that article is he was absolutely right that whatever he said was going sure. to become a thing. Sure, and sure, it yeah. was. I mean, you know, and and look, I. I you know that's the way it is. He's a he's a seventeen or eighteen year old kid, and he's far from the only high school prospect to do the dance of I'm committed, but I'm not totally sold. But but I'm I'm sold, but I'm not there. You I'm know, still I mean, talking, is, but I'm not talking yeah, about anything. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm still talking to the Ohio State running backs coach, but just about life, not about football. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, someone should probably you know tell Bijan that that guy's. I mean, let's. I hate to be a cynic, but that guy's only interested in him because he's a great running back. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'd love to be that optimistic about the world, but I'm just not. Uh, you know, that guy wouldn't care about his questions about life if he wasn't a great running back who had potential to come play for him. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, the other thing that I really enjoyed about the article is the, the way that we learned about – just the openness of silent. I was a silent commit to Ohio State, but yeah, then I was an yeah. out loud commit to Texas. Well, right, interesting. Yes, yes. It was a good article. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not not trashing the article by any means, and not trashing him. I mean, hey, I you know I'm a fan. Obviously, he's been uh, the best player we've had maybe ever. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, an unbelievably dominant player this year and last year, and uh, you know, I mean, he's had an incredible career. Um, but it's just, it, boy. The thing I left that article, I guess, you know, and, and what you say is part of that is it gives you an appreciation for what it must be like to be a college coach and and to have to take the word of these 16 and 17 and 18 year old kids all the while knowing that, you know, like your livelihood may change because of them changing their minds. Like it just it really I've known it before. It's not anything new, but it was it was one of those where I thought, man. It just can't be the easiest job to recruit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably crazy. Um, yeah, your yeah. your comment though led me to something, and I quite literally was not able to fall asleep as I was thinking about this last night. <laughs> so, Doc Benet, subject of a Greg Hansen article, and you know it's a, an important Greg Hansen article column. 
if if you if Matt you send it to me because well I should I should give a little shout out too my dad is the one who referred it to me so also if he's listening, an impressive which he's probably thing. not yeah but yeah yeah it is you know I mean he sent it he sent me a, a text and said you know there's a Hanson article about Benet it's worth your read like okay and so I found it and yes yes he uh, he brought it to my attention but yes a, a good article um, but it got me thinking so Benet's been there for 19 years yeah you've got. Players off the top of my head who I was thinking of. So Tyler Gronke went to Hawaii. I, I can't think of a quarterback who went to a higher school no, than that. So. No, um, no. I, I think he's the only one who went who went to uh, you know FBS, maybe yeah. Division One overall. I'm not sure if we had a quarterback go any FCS places. Not that I can think of, at least. On the line, you had Caduce to Notre Dame, O'Dowd to yeah. USC, Fina to UCLA. Yeah. yeah. And you had uh, a couple others that went, uh, didn't one kid go to Oregon State, Ian Brinker? Yeah. Now, he didn't end up lasting very long, but he was there. Well, but similar to Caduce at Notre Dame. True. Caduce only played one year. John Romero, where did he he go to a major conference school, or did he go to Nevada? It might have been Nevada. He might have been part of the extended extended connection to Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had some good offensive linemen. Yeah, and a number that have gone to to you know major schools. There was a kid who went to the U of A too, although I think he got hurt and never played. Uh, Arzuman, if I remember that name right, Jacob Arzuman. Yeah, I think he got hurt before he ever played in college, but he was really good in high school. John Romero did go to Nevada. Did um, go to Nevada? Okay, okay. And then you've got so then you've got Robinson at running back. Mm-hmm. You've got Ransom. Cam Denson to U of A, Darlington sure. and Benet both to Nevada. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's put together really a complete offense. He has, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, the biggest, and, and we talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe when we were together in Alabama, um, you know, the one that's kind of been missing is like the, the big quarterback recruit. But we discussed that really Tucson hasn't had a quarterback, you know, a big, a big time power conference quarterback. I mean, we couldn't think of one. Rodney Pete was the best. Rodney Pete, right? Who, who was, you know, who played in Tucson in the eighties uh, and was mentioned you know, in the so Hanson column. He was, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I mean, you know, now this this kid uh, that's a sophomore this year, the kid that got the transfer from Marana, Bor Borget or Borgay, I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced. Um, you know, has has gotten, I know, at least an offer from Arizona. Um, and you know, has a chance to to maybe be a prospect. Obviously, Benet won't coach him past this year, but um, maybe he's the you know the quarterback that we've been missing or waiting for. I mean, we've had good quarterbacks, but never a, a really big time prospect. Um, you know, in these especially the last you know five to ten years when the program has really vaulted up to putting guys at you know major conference schools more often. So, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know. Gosh, I mean, as I texted you today, it's kind of sad to think that it might be his last game tomorrow. Hopefully it's not. If they win, it's not. But he's got a maximum three games left in his in his cell point coaching career and a heck of a run. Um, you know, he's, he's given us a lot of fun and first ever state title and a number of other really, really good teams. And you and I, we were there. We were on the ground floor. We were, yes. We were, yeah. We, we were... Uh, just little little tight high school reporters for the Crusader 
in his first season and uh and we interviewed him in his office the the uh always fun memory of his staring out his window watching something outside his window for what was probably only about 20 seconds but what felt like about 10 minutes because Mm -hmm. of the awkwardness um but he always treated us well you know and that's one thing uh, you know i like him for that is that he didn't look down on us. I don't think he, you know, thought, oh, these kids are just annoying. You know, like he, he treated us with the same, you know, courtesy that he would treat any media. And he didn't have to. We were just high school kids. Yeah. Uh, so the Lancers take on Pinnacle. They host that game. And, uh, you know, it, it's time. Lancers, Lancers, let's take state. That it is. That it is. Yeah, you know, it'll be an interesting one. Obviously, Pinnacle with a, a freshman quarterback who's supposed to be pretty good. I mean, you know, they, they've got a good program. That, but he's you know, replacing a there. Michigan recruit who was right. the quarterback up until two yeah, weeks ago. up until the last game of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's got one start under his belt. So, you know, you, you'd uh, like that part of it. Uh, you never know with a, with a team – when something weird happens to them, like their starting quarterback having to, you know, retire because of a heart defect, uh, that can submarine them, or it can serve as kind of a, you know, an inspiration, and they could win the whole thing, and you'd be like, boy, they had, you know, they had magic on their side. So, who knows? Um, but all in all, I think it's not the worst matchup to start out with, and then we'll see. I mean, that's the the odd thing about this now is. You know, we're used to the last few years with South Point first round of the playoffs. Like, oh, well, they'll route this team, and they'll probably route the team in the second round, and then you know start to pay attention when they get to the semifinals. Not that way anymore. Now it's it's real from the start. Yeah. Um, now let's go from one freshman making his uh, you know big game debut against a team in maroon and gold to another Joey Yellen. <laughs> makes his first collegiate start at home against the Trojans and. He didn't get to play defense in the first quarter, but no. apparently neither did anyone else on the Sun Devils. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, he was he he didn't start out the game very well. You know, I, I texted you, I think, on the third drive, and you know, and you know, made a, a you know, I can't remember exactly what how I worded it, but that you know, his accuracy was not impressive. But boy, he turned it around and played pretty well. I mean, you, you know, you can't ask for a whole lot more from a, a guy making his first, not only first career start, but first real appearance. He had one snap prior to that game. Um, he played well, and yeah, defensively it was just, it was a nightmare first quarter. And then the last three quarters were, you know, were pretty good, but all four quarters count equally, and that's the problem. You know, uh, just just a, a, a horrific start cost us a chance to win the game, basically. We were outscored 28-7 in the first and outscored them uh, 193 the rest of the way. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and, and had, uh, had an interception return that, you know, could have given, was going to give us the lead, but was, you know, called back because of a, a defensive hold and then had the drive at the end of the game where, you know, we took it from like our own 10, got inside the 30, had a, had a shot. I, and, uh, had a shot, happen. hit Tommy Hudson, but in the yeah, numbers exactly. between two safeties. For what might have been a touchdown, certainly probably would have got the ball inside the 10. And a first down, um, and, yeah. first and goal. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and then two plays later, you know, which the one criticism I had of that was we should have spiked the ball, I felt like. Um, that was a rushed play, and we didn't have any timeouts. We got the first down, 
you know, spike the ball and, and you have three more downs, um, which really isn't any different than a normal series. You know, you got three downs to do something. In that situation, you had second, third, fourth, and it seemed like we, we let we let some time run off and then rush the play, and you know, it gets deflected. But credit to that defensive lineman for SC, made a great play. You know, tip the ball and then catch it on the on the deflection. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those games that you can leave it thinking. Boy, I'm impressed by the fight back, and I'm impressed that we we made it a game when after a quarter it didn't didn't look like it was going to be. Or you can leave it thinking that was a game we 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 were probably the better team for more of the game, but we got off to such a bad start, and and we we lost a winnable game. Um, and I, I guess I'd probably leave it thinking both. You know, it, it has some good and some bad. Yeah. I agree. I I think that there are definite positives. I, I think that having Joey Yellen as our number two, he's serviceable. I you yeah, know, and, he looked he looked very solid. You know, threw a good deep ball. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he, he he started out the game rough, but then played well, and yeah, gives you gives you some confidence that you know, hey, if if he ends up uh, you know playing again this year in the future, he looks more than capable. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively just, ugh, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's one of those games that's hard to be, hard to be overly critical because again, the last three quarters, we were pretty darn good defensively. Yeah. But the first quarter was horrific. And, well, you know, I mean, like just I said, you just bomb touchdowns. It, it looked like playing the early 2000s Oregon Ducks. It did. You know? It did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, it's just, just like, so the second touchdown, was, you know, a dump pass to the running back. And, I mean, I, I watched it on TV later, you know, went back and watched it. And, and I know apparently Darian Butler was sick. I'd heard, you know, that that he didn't start, but he did play. He, and, and I hope he was really sick because, man, he looked super slow to the ball. I mean, that was his responsibility to go up and make the tackle, and he was beaten badly. And then on the third touchdown, uh, you know, we let the running back get behind, and then, Jack Jones tries to go for the strip and doesn't doesn't make the tackle, and and he you know he could have had him down at probably the twenty five if he just makes the tackle, and instead he breaks away and he scores. And then of course the last one in that quarter, the ninety five yarder on third and long when we have three guys run into each other that look like you know, uh, you know three students cops, out there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, so it was just uh, you know those three. I mean, the, the you know the first one. You know, they, they sliced and diced their way down the field, and they did the second one, too. And then two big plays was, was you know, really killer. And the first ones we've given up all year. We hadn't given up a 50-plus-yard play all season, and we give up two in the span of, you know, four minutes of game time, basically. Yeah. The Maybe I'm too anxious for things that are too far in the future, but that yeah. is – just my personality. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going to happen when there's no Kyle Williams. I, I understand Ayuk's going to be gone too. Right. But right. Kyle Williams this game, eight catches, 60 yards. But every game, he is the security blanket because like, our tight end play is so hit and miss. Shoddy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Highlighted by that play that you, you singled out. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, that was. When I when that play happened, my first reaction was, "Well, I guess we can see why we don't throw to the tight ends very much, because that was right in his hands and he didn't make the play." Well, and it wasn't even like it was in traffic and it hit him in the no, hands. He was the no. safeties were splitting was, out 
and he was running the seam, and he was yeah. fine. He was, oh, was wide a, open. He was wide open, and it was a perfect throw. I mean, it was right on him. It was not one of those like, oh, the ball was a little behind him. Oh, the ball was a little high. I mean, it was right on him, and he just dropped it. Just stone cold dropped it. Uh, you know, so yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough to tell, obviously those passes that go Kyle Williams way, somebody else will be in that spot next year. And so, you, you know, you hope somebody emerges, but um, yeah, I mean, both those guys have been pretty solid. I mean, Ayuk has been more than solid. Uh, and, you know, Williams is one of those guys that just comes up with the big catch. It seems like, so it's a, uh, it's a tough one. I mean, it, you know, it was, we both, we both picked scores about in the thirties and had we been able to get to the mid thirties, we would have won the game. Um, we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't get the touchdown that we really needed there. Again, we had one chance defensively and one chance offensively, and neither one we were able to, to cash in. Mm-hmm. So that was a disappointing game, and that puts an undue amount of pressure on the suddenly <laughs> streaking Oregon State Beavers, who have won two of their last three. Yeah, and if you yeah. set aside their the Washington game and the Utah game, mm-hmm. you know those games their offense struggled, but those are yeah. good opponents. Against Arizona, they put up fifty six. Against UCLA, they put up forty eight, mm-hmm. and they beat Cal twenty one seventeen. They're getting a little feisty. It's a better team than what it's been. Yeah, and they're two you wins know, away from can, bowl eligibility. They are. They are. Yeah, and, and I mean you, they finished with Oregon at Oregon, so. It feel like, I mean, you never know, obviously, rivalry games, weird things can happen, but it it feels like for them to get those six wins, they need to win this and then Washington State next week, um, which is doable. I mean, Washington State hasn't been very good this year, so, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're improving. You can see that. You, you can see that, you know, next year when we, when we do our, you know, Pac-12 look ahead, I don't think we'll be talking about, you know, well, Oregon State is easily number six in the North. Um, uh, you know they they're they're showing some life. Jonathan Smith's you know doing well there. He's got a, an offense that looks potent and and you know it's it's getting better. I don't know if they're going to be in position to win the conference or anything next year, but um, you can see some life in the program. And unfortunately, it's not a good time for us to run into them. They are averaging nearly 400 yards of offense a game. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, is a far cry from it. Basically, since the Rodgers is left Oregon State, they haven't done yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that guy. Uh, you know, if you if you want to look, and it's not like they've fallen apart, but if you look at when Washington's offense has started to struggle more, even last year when they went to the Rose Bowl, it coincides with him leaving to go to Oregon State. He was their offensive coordinator, and in what was it, twenty sixteen, I believe, when they went to the playoff and had a a really good offense, um, and the last three years it's it's been a bit of a struggle whereas he's getting Oregon State's offense to go so you know obviously give that guy some credit he's he knows what he's doing offensively and he's uh you know he's getting the most out of a team that doesn't have a ton of talent but a couple good running backs uh, you know a senior quarterback who has come back from a you know a weird injury last year that you know could have been career ending but he's played well this year and yeah I mean it's it's a solid team and of course as we've discussed for months now November, Corvallis, bad history there. So not only the fact they're playing better, but just the the bad memories of, you know, 
winter winter type games in Corvallis for ASU makes this a scary one. Yeah, Reeser Stadium's going to be in the fifties at best throughout this game. Which is it's a, it's a daytime game. Be, you know, you know, it's a four thirty yeah, start. Mean, yeah, you know, we we played worse games and we played games there and you know, pouring rain. We played, you know, that game November of twenty fourteen, the, the you know, the famous one that probably ended the Todd Graham era. We didn't know it at the time, but it you know, looks that way now. It, it was the fatal um, wound. It was that took it a was. number of years to It did, it did. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were there were other wounds after that, but that was the one that started the bleeding. And the and the bleeding never stopped. Um, that was a cold weather night game, uh, you know, so this isn't the worst situation weather wise, but, you know, just an improved team. I mean, it's, it's a game that, uh, you know, at the start of the year, we both kind of looked at it as well. Okay. If we can survive, you know, just the elements, we should be fine. And now I, I don't know that I feel that way anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious because, yeah. you know, we talked about it a little bit in a like worst case scenario does this look like the year well now the quarterback is banged up he missed a game uh-huh. he's coming back where we've lost three straight we're struggling uh-huh. and there's a lot yeah. of similarities there's more than i'd care to acknowledge yes so, five and one start and yeah yeah i've thought the same thing i mean uh yeah it's it's impossible not to uh because yeah, I mean, it feels like we are potentially staring down the barrel of five and six going into that Arizona game, which is exactly where we were three years ago. Yeah, and right now, if we beat Oregon, it'll be a stunner. So, oh gosh, yes, you know, yeah, I mean, you never know. You know, I, I mean, if Herbert is out, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Oregon is one of those teams that, like, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I still think it's true. They're not. Oregon of Marcus Mariota years. They're not that dominant where you feel like, oh my gosh, they're just going to roll over you. But they are very good. They're very good defensively. Uh, the second half, what they did to USC two weeks ago was, you know, unbelievable dominance. Uh, I mean, just eye-opening how much better they looked than USC in that second half. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate that. So, yeah, you know, it does feel like this is one that if you don't want to have to have that Arizona game to make a bowl – you probably need to get this one because I sure don't want to depend on getting that win over Oregon. Yeah, and your hopes of eight wins now probably is Rest reliant on the out. bowl uh, is reliant on the bowl game. True, I say. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a weird season. It just is because it's been it's almost felt like three seasons in one. You know, the the struggles to start out, but somehow we found ourselves three and zero. Um, and then kind of finding our footing, you know, offense played better. I mean, those middle three games, uh, you know, we scored 30-plus against Colorado, didn't win, you know, but won the game at Cal, won the game against Washington State. Felt like, okay, we're, we're you know, we're finding it. And then the Utah loss, but, boy, it's that UCLA loss. That's the one. I mean, I, you know, I know we had, we had better chances to beat USC and Colorado, and those games got away from us, but it's the UCLA loss that's still – it just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, and it, just the no-show performance to be down 42 to 10 uh, to anybody. You know, I mean, if we're down 42 to 10 to Oregon, okay, maybe, you know, you say, well, that's a top 10, maybe top five national team. 
UCLA is not that. That that's one that just uh, I don't know how to explain it, but you know it's it's the difference between you know three game losing streak as we're in now, and if we play well and win that game, then it's okay. We're six and three. Yeah, not the end of the world. That's that's the one that I feel like hurts the most. Yeah, for sure. It is. Um, it's a head scratcher, and it's the one that we'll look back and. The Oregon State game and the Arizona game may also become this. Sure, but, sure. But right now, it is the one where you look at the schedule and you say, that's wrong. That shouldn't have happened. Right. We should have yeah. won that game, yeah. Now, you could probably say the same about Colorado in, in hindsight, but I, I, you know, I said this to you a few weeks ago. I still think it. At that stage of the season, I don't believe that was really an upset. You know, we had struggled offensively, and, and you know, we really had. And, and so that that didn't feel like a game that we absolutely should have won. The UCLA game that is just is. I know they're playing better than they did at the start, but still, you know, it's and and not only to lose it, but to lose it in blowout fashion, basically. I mean, I know the final score doesn't look like it, but it but was. the game flow was. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's one of those that you you put some cosmetic scores on and so at the end of the year when you've lost, you know, six games, you can say, Well, we didn't lose any games by more than ten or something like that. Now we did we lost by eighteen to Utah. You know, but But the Utah game felt closer. It did. Oh, I mean it was fourteen three you know, midway through the fourth quarter and we had the ball. Um, you know, so I mean we were there were a couple times in that game I remember texting you at the you know, start of the fourth quarter, we had the ball, kinda had some some offensive momentum, not really, but, you know, in that game, a first down was offensive momentum, uh, you know, and it was like, okay, if we can do something here, get this thing to, you know, 14-6, 14-10, we're in the game, you know, just like Michigan State, like, you know, you make one play and, hey, you're tied, you're ahead, something like that. Um, the UCLA game was the total opposite, you know, yeah, the, the final score says we were closer in that game, having, you know, well, I watched the Utah game. We didn't watch the UCLA game, but, you know, followed it as it went. Uh, it was not a game. And that's just the one that sticks out. And, and if we don't make a bowl game, it's the one that I feel like you'll look back and say, well, that's where it all went wrong for us. Yeah. Um, let's get into some predictions. Because okay. we've been so good at that lately. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been rough. Um. So, I want to pick us to win a, yeah, a close I game, do too. but I'm I'm going emotional hedge. I hate to admit it. I'm going emotional hedge. I'm picking <laughs> Oregon State 28-27, potentially on a missed extra point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably doing the same, and I, you know, I, I can't I can't lie. There's a, probably a bit of a reverse jinx feel to it because. Uh, I picked us to win the last three games. The Utah one, in hindsight, was dumb. Um, you know, I, I got carried up with the emotion of the win and the HBO show and all that stuff. Um, but the last two, I, I legitimately thought we would win that game, and it didn't happen. So I'm like, well, I'm, you know, let, let's break the mojo. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Oregon State too, and hope that my losing streak reaches four games. Um, but I'll I'll pick Oregon State uh, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. So I have it in a heartbreaker. You have it in a comfortable loss. A little bit, yeah. I just, I just don't know about this defense. Uh, you know, and both of us have been very complimentary and happy with Danny Gonzalez 
and I'm not saying that I'm not happy with him, but I got to tell you, I'm getting a little tired of the post game. Uh, you know, I apologize to Sun Devil Nation. Like, <laughs> stop apologizing and do something to fix it. Well, and here's you know the I mean? thing: if, like, if, when, <laughs> if you come out and you say blame me for this loss, I'll take it on. Right. Okay, right. I do. Okay. I, I blame you for this loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But, you know, after the Colorado game, that was sort of refreshing. Like, wow, okay, I, I appreciate that he's he's owning it. And But uh, now it's like, you know, okay, uh, stop telling me how sorry you are and do something about it. Uh, you know, now I know there's, in some ways, I'm kind of probably, you know, being one of those fans that wouldn't be satisfied anyway. Because, I mean, if he's going to talk, what's he going to say? You know, is he going to take the blame or is he going to, you know, put it on someone else or blame the players or, you know, you don't want that either. Um but, you know, I read it after the game. I read Howler's tweet with that quote. Like, I feel like I've read this before. And that's because I have. Uh, so it's like, yeah, okay, mix it up. Say something different. Get yeah. land, maybe. You know, just just give me a Bill Belichick answer. You know, like, oh, it wasn't our best week. And, you know, we'll try to get better. Uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, this is on me and I apologize. And like, all right, I appreciate the apology. Uh, now what are you going to do to fix said situation? Yeah, look, he can't make guys not be sick, but he that can't. but that he also can't. doesn't feel like the only problem when you give up twenty eight points in a quarter. Oh, it's not. It's <laughs> not. I mean, again, the you know the Jack Jones play is the one that like just makes you pull your hair out. I mean, I, I get that guys want to go for the strip, and if he you know if the ball comes out, you're like, oh, what a heady play. But you need to. Uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was Peter King mentioned mm-hmm. this a couple weeks ago talking NFL, but it happens in college so much. We're so obsessed with going for the strip that guys don't make tackles. Uh, I mean, it happened in the Alabama game. Uh, you know, now the game was probably over. They were already inside the five there. But Trayvon Diggs goes for the strip on Edwards Hilaire and lets him walk right in the end zone. Like, make the tackle, dude. Get him down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched yeah. that play. That was uh... – Trayvon Diggs did not look like he had much interest in tackling in that game. Not his best day. No. Really not the best day for a lot of the Alabamans. No. Uh, not, not, yeah. I mean, Sertan got worked too. I mean, those those LSU receivers, they they did a number on that Alabama secondary for the for how highly touted those Alabama DBs were. They weren't they weren't close. Like that that was that was impressive how dominant they were. Yeah, the uh, the most amazing thing to me of, of that game, besides just the outcome, yeah, was when. LSU got up, and it was like, okay, well, just you don't have to do anything. Just stop them uh, right. from scoring quickly, and it's a one-play bomb. I know. <laughs> Devontae Smith? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You I know, mean, 85 just, yards and, and one score yeah. game again. I mean, the whole second half, like when they got to 33-27, and I guess, you know, I, I'm showing my cards here. I did come home and watch the second half of both games. I did not stay at the ASU game the entire time in case you're uncertain. Uh, they got it to 33-27, and I just thought, okay, if you get one stop, they're going to take the lead. Like, this is going to – but they couldn't get that stop. And, and you know, I mean, it was it was really stunning to see an Alabama defense, uh, you know, a Nick Saban defense that could not make a play and had numerous chances to make the play and couldn't do it. It was shocking. Yeah. I but, agree. you know, yeah, I mean, to – you got to give LSU credit. They have they have found something. I mean, they are what we always hear about. You know, and we've seen it in basketball. We've seen it in football. Every offseason, there's these teams. Oh, we're going to do things different. We've joked about it with ASU basketball. 
how many times, oh, we're going to run and gun, blah, blah, you know. They said in the offseason, we're going to open up this offense, it's going to be different, and by God, they followed through with it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's impressive. I mean, yeah. most coaches pay lip service to that, and then September rolls around, it's like, eh, same old, same old. That's not been the case with them. So I saw this point raised, um, and this is the premature, this doesn't count, okay? This doesn't count, okay. people, whoever's listening to me. Yes, yes. Because we're going to break down the quarterbacks. Do you have to start having a conversation about Joe Burrow versus Tua? I mean, probably. You know, I, I think he's put himself in that mix, sure. Uh, you know, we'll see what the rest of his season is. Um, but he's been very impressive, and he's – and he's. Uh, you know, he's pushing the ball down the field, too. Like, it's not, you know, so many of these offenses, they're built to, you know, these quick throws and let the receivers do all the work and, uh, you know, or get the ball out fast. That's that's not this, man. No, he's got great receivers to throw to. You know, nobody's going to be, you know, like, oh, he's doing it with smoke and mirrors. Uh, he's got three studs and a big-time tight end and a big-time running back. I mean, it's, it's a talented group around him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think he has – put himself into that mix, which is, you know, if you said that 12 months ago, people laughed at you. Yeah. But it, it's impressive, man. I know you've been, this This had to be a little bit tricky for you because you love Nick Saban. That's well-established. But you also love Coach O. And also well-established. Sure, I'm not sure where your heart was when this game ended. So we saw Alabama in person. So I, I wanted Alabama to go to Me the playoff. Too. Me too. Um, and they still might. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not ready to bury them by any means. I, but, I disagree yeah. with Heather Dinich, who said that Alabama's oh, done. They're, they're not Absolutely. done. Absolutely. <laughs> me too. That is that is reactionary Sunday morning talk. Uh, you know, they're number five. They're not done by any means at all. But, you know, and if they were number eight, they wouldn't be done. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I am thrilled for Coach O. I, I, I think that that is – a great, um, a great thing for him with that program, that victory, and also look, his tenure at Ole Miss did not go well. Disaster. Yeah. But yeah, the way that he led that USC team to just get bounced out of there, mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure. glad that he's now having this you know national moment of recognition yeah. of the the guys. The guy can coach and. This is his team. These are his guys. He's a heck of a recruiter, and he, he is, always yeah, has and, been. And, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, it, what it is is a little bit – it's an interesting approach, and it's similar to Dabo at Clemson, I think, in that he's not the tactician. He's not the guy who's the you know the genius offensive coordinator or brilliant defensive coordinator. He's the – He's the, the line coach. Know, yes. He's <laughs> the charismatic recruiter who has hired the tacticians. You know, he hired Dave Aranda, and they've paid him a ton of money to coach that defense. And they brought in this this unknown guy from the Saints, you know, Joe Brady, who you know was basically a you know a, a, an analyst or something for the Saints. And he's all of a sudden livened up this offense. And you know, it, it is similar to Dabo at Clemson. I mean, he hired Venables, he hired you know Jeff Scott, Tony Elliott after Chad Morris left, mm-hmm. and, and Dabo's the guy who runs the show. But Dabo isn't calling the plays. He's not calling the defensive snaps or the offensive snaps. He's he's the guy. And, it, you know, it's one of those that, like, I mean, it's not going to work for everybody. But it, it kind of makes you think, like, maybe this obsession with we got to find the next great offensive mind or the next great defensive strategist, 
Now, maybe you need a nice, great head coach. They're not always the same thing. Well, Sometimes on, they are. On some level, always. on some level, that is what ASU has said. It is. is I, I agree. Yeah. I was, I was thinking the same. Now we haven't had the success of those two programs, obviously. Well, because Danny but, Gonzalez is no Will Venables, <laughs> right? Right. You know, I mean, but uh, you know, I think it is that approach. Yes. Of you know, hey, we want the we want the guy who's going to run the program, and then we want the assistants to do you know the tactics to you know call the plays, and and that's yeah. I mean, it's not a bad idea, and. It, you know, obviously Florida State's got an opening, and I know their players have been, you know, campaigning publicly to give the job to Odell Hagens, who's the interim guy. And, you know, I read that. My first thought was, yeah, yeah, right, shut up, you know. And then I'm looking and I'm thinking, eh, maybe. I mean, like, it's there's got some similarities. He's a lifelong Florida State guy. He's been an assistant. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea, but, you know, maybe he's maybe he's the Ed Orgeron for Florida State. Maybe he can be the guy that, you know, fires everybody up and hire your assistants to do the X's and O's stuff. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I, I am thrilled for Coach O. I will be – if Alabama does not make the playoff and a Pac-12 yeah. team does not make the playoff, I will be for Coach O. That will be the – Yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would probably – of the four teams right now, I'd root for Clemson. Um, you know, if, if it was the four right now, now it's not going to be those four, I don't think, because, you know, LSU, Georgia would be slated to play each other in the SEC title game before the playoffs if they both get there. Um, I like Georgia. I like LSU. And I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but having seen them this year, similar to what you said about Alabama, find myself rooting for them more than I would otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, so I uh, – but, yeah, I was I was really – I mean, uh, you know, I, I did think about you afterward because I thought, boy, you know, you've always been a saving guy, and this is a, this is a humbling for him a bit. Yeah. Um, but you were also an Orgeron guy. Uh, I was left like feeling sort of cold because I'm like, I, you know, the number of years that LSU's played Alabama in the last seven seasons, and I wanted LSU badly to beat them, and they couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it, and now they do it. Like I didn't want him to do it. I, like I, 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 it was I got I cheated in a way. Like how come they could have done this four years ago when I wanted them to do it? You know, I I was for Alabama. I mean, I was I was on my couch, uh, you know, cursing and shouting, and and uh, I mean, it's partly two, and it's partly the fact we saw them this year. Um, I wanted them to to win, uh, but got to give credit to LSU; they were very impressive. Yeah, I it, before the game. My thought process was, and we didn't really talk about this game in great detail, but you're giving Nick Saban a bye week to prepare for a home game against I LSU. That, I know. I and and the then, they, then they come out and they're down 33-13 at the half. And it's like, um, I know. did, it was, did it we was not shocking. know we had to play this game today? Shocking. I mean, it, it, it still is because I thought the same thing. Like, you know, oh, yeah, this, this high-flying LSU offense is going to be brought back down to earth. I didn't think they'd shut them out or anything. But I thought, you know, I could I could have easily forecasted a line for Burrow of, you know, uh, you know, twenty two of fifty with three picks and a couple of cheap touchdowns, and you know, be like, oh boy, you know, yeah. he got humbled. And yeah, I mean, from the start, I was at the ASU game, and I, you know, looking on my phone, and that first drive was like, you know, twenty three yard completion, twenty yard completion, thirty three yard touchdown. I'm like, oh, what, what, what is going on here? Like, and it just stayed that way the rest of the game, basically. Yeah. Well, and. They were talking about it. I was watching towards the end of the broadcast. They were talking about Edwards Hilaire and, you know, that he he was on the sidelines, you know, like 
sobbing. Because, right. And, right. and they talked about how meaningful this is and how he was o- overlooked and things. It's like, this is this guy is going to be the story that Coach O tells to the next running oh, back. Sure. And oh, sure. he's going to do doubt. it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's a... Uh... It's it's uh, it's pretty impressive now. I mean, any any chance you see them having? I mean, because you're you're mentioning it, and I saw it too. The the huge emotional outpouring. Any chance of a letdown this week going to Ole Miss? Could they have a little trouble? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I think they but win. I I think but that I, they I will out talent Ole Miss to a victory. Yeah. But I think it'll be one of those games where at halftime it's going to be. You know, fourteen ten old miss. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same. I think you know, you'll look up at halftime and think, what is going on? And then now they'll figure it out. Probably win by you know twenty plus. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to get back on that horse after such an emotional win. You could see it from the coaches, the players. I mean, that was you know that was the weight of the world off their backs. That you know they're they're lucky. I think that they don't have a better opponent. Yeah. And if they had to go to Texas A and M this week or something like that. It, it, that would be an ultimate trap game situation. I don't think Ole Miss is good enough to beat them, but be interesting, you know. But I, I don't see them losing. Honestly, I mean, not till the playoff at least. I don't know if they win the whole thing, but I don't see them losing to Georgia in the SEC title game. I just don't. I don't think Georgia is anywhere near as good as I thought they'd be, offensively especially. And you've seen what LSU's offense can do. You're gonna have to outscore them. In a, in a shootout, probably, no matter what. And I just don't think Georgia has the offense to do it. Yeah, well, I'll also say this. If they play a, a you know, 24-21, lose on a last-second touchdown to Georgia, oh, they're, I, in. they're in anyway. They're in, yeah. I think they, I, yeah. I mean, I think they would, they would obviously trump Alabama and should. I mean, if, if that happens, where Georgia beats them in the SEC title game, and Jordan, now, I personally, I think Georgia loses this week to Auburn, and that changes the discussion. Um, they'd still be favored to win the East, but it wouldn't be a done deal. Um, if that happens, yeah, LSU would be the, the lead one-loss team. I mean, with the with the wins they've got, I mean, they, they, you know, wins over Texas, Alabama on the road, home wins over Florida and Auburn, that's, I mean, that's tough to beat. Nobody's got four wins to match that right now. Yeah. So, yeah, but I... I don't see them losing. I mean, I know they got A and M to finish the year, but it's it's at LSU. Don't see them losing a home game. I mean, I think I think they're rolling. Just feels like and, you know they got Arkansas next week, and you and I both know Arkansas's got no prayer. Uh, that you know Arkansas might as well be Louisiana Lafayette based on the way they look. Uh, so they're you know that shouldn't be any difficulty for them whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think that this is a pretty magical year. For LSU, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, now I will say I still think Ohio State's better based on what I've seen. Now, Ohio State hasn't played the quality of teams that LSU has, but defensively, I think Ohio State is significantly better than LSU. And offenses, I think, are are a wash. I think they're both really good offensively, but we'll, we'll see. You know, well, we might find out. And, and to your point about Ohio State. They haven't played the same resume of teams, but all they've done is bludgeon every team. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I like. Let's look at some of their. Let, let's just read their point totals. The yeah. lowest one was thirty-four against Michigan State. 
That's yeah. their lowest yeah. output on the year. Yeah. 38 and, against and Wisconsin. Yeah. 70-plus against Maryland and Maryland. Miami of Ohio. Yeah. You know, 48 on Nebraska, 52 on Northwestern. Yeah, these yeah. are other Big Ten teams. They are. Well, and the 48 on Nebraska was because they, they stopped caring in the fourth quarter. Like, they, they could have named their number that night. Uh, you know, like they, they dominated that game. Uh, you know, so, yeah, they just have been so impressive. Now, I know they, you know, they got Rutgers this week in what should be a, you know, a scrimmage. And then they got the two big ones, you know, Penn State, Michigan to end the year. Michigan's been playing better, and it's at Ann Arbor. And, you know, I mean, who, who knows? But, uh uh, I just boy, they just look so good right now. Now it's it's college football, and sometimes teams have a clunker, and you're like, God, what happened? Um, and unlike the NFL, you can't you can't survive a clunker sometimes. One, I mean, it, it cost them last year. That one bad game against Purdue cost them a chance to make the playoff. Uh, so uh, you know, who knows? But boy, they look both those teams. I mean, it just looks like those are the two best teams. And yet, I say that Clemson is just freight training their way through the ACC once again. Yeah. So, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't. I mean, everybody kind of, you know, pushed them down the board because of that North Carolina game. And since then, it's just been absolute obliterating everybody. Yeah. One one team that we haven't talked about at all is Minnesota. And P.J. No, Fluck. <laughs> 9 and 0 beat Penn State. Impressive, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, now the, the, the key for them, much like LSU, is – can they can they get past the emotional high because they got a game at Iowa this week? Like, can they bounce bounce back and be ready? I don't think Iowa's that great, but they're you know they're a top twenty five uh, you know area type team, and at Iowa's tough, and that's you know that's a big one for them, uh, you know, because it's like it, they've spent the whole week with everybody patting them on the back now, and and I'm curious if they could come out with the same level of fire. Well, and they their schedule. Ohio State ends with a tough schedule, but they have Iowa and Northwestern on the road, and yes. Northwestern is terrible. But yeah, you know, have any trouble with Northwestern. but then they get the Badgers, who they haven't <laughs> right. beaten in the Paul Bunyan game since uh, the first Bush administration, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they they've got to win at least two of the three to clinch the West. Um, you know, and I, I I heard somebody, I think it was PTI, saying, you know, oh well, you know. Boy, if they if they win two out of three and they beat Ohio State, I think they'd be in. I don't think they would, and it's unfair because that's simply because they're Minnesota and they started the year unranked. Uh, I feel like they have to go thirteen and zero to actually make the playoffs. But doing that, they beat everybody and beat Ohio State. So oh sure, if they go thirteen and zero, they're in. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, if they if they you know finish the year with wins over Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Ohio State in the last five, you're not keeping them out. But I don't think they can afford a loss. Whereas Ohio State probably could. Like, let's say Ohio State loses to Michigan in in a barn burner, and then they go to the Big Ten title game and blow out whoever they play, and they're twelve and one. I, well, I would say they'd still get in. We're a week away from that being Minnesota, I believe. Uh, I think so. If they, yeah, they have, a, they, they have a two spot over Wisconsin, right? But so, they haven't played them yet, so they'd have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they if they beat Iowa. They should do it because they should beat Northwestern, and then the Wisconsin game wouldn't wouldn't matter for the West. Um, you know, I mean, Northwestern is horrible. Which that's uh, also an interesting one. If we were going to do the TV thing where we pick random hypothetical storylines and debate <laughs> how it works, yes. You know, if Minnesota wins the next two, 
drops the game to the Badgers in a close one, and yeah. then beats Ohio State in the Big Ten title. I just don't think – I mean, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting to because, you know, the Big Ten champs, 12-1, and one, they'd have a, certainly a good argument, especially if they beat an undefeated Ohio State. But I don't know. You know, would, would they get in over Alabama? Let's say Alabama's 11-1, and one, you know, finishes the year, they, they beat Auburn. If that's the choice, do they get in over a 12-1 and one Oregon, you know, or Utah, I guess, you know, either one? It'd be interesting, you know, because I, I just think there's a there's a predisposition to say, ah, Minnesota, their non-conference was weak. And it, and it was, but, you know, most of these teams' non-conference schedules are weak. Uh, Alabama's non-conference uh, schedule is nothing to write home about. was terrible, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I mean, it's tough because they're obviously playing different conferences, but... If, if you swapped out Alabama and Utah and you put, you know, Utah's results and games in an Alabama uniform and vice versa, Utah would be getting more respect just by being Alabama. Be like, oh, this defense is so good. And, you know, but instead it's like, well, it's Utah. Nah, it's nice. You know, pat them on the head. Nice. Thanks for showing up. Uh, I mean, and I realize, again, different conferences, different ways of playing, but – there's a there's a predisposition, I believe, to favor the blue bloods. Uh, I mean, it's just it's human nature. You you see Alabama, you see Oklahoma, you see LSU, and you think, oh, they must be really good. Whereas you see Minnesota, Utah, Baylor, and it's like, yeah, that's nice, but you know, prove it to me. Um, before we go, we should mention ASU basketball's opening game in China. Yes, and, yes, and. Playing without Cherry and White due to suspension, uh, they were hanging around, but unable to pull it out in the non-conference conference game, losing to Colorado 81-71. Matt, if you had the chance to go to China next year, <laughs> would you do it? No. <laughs> no, I would not. Uh, you, can, you can start out with the fact that I would never, ever, ever put myself on a plane for that long <laughs> not in a million billion years uh, i don't like it i don't like a two and a half hour flight uh you know so no i would not but uh, if you were bobby hurley would you do another overseas trip like this no for- i would i mean and, and they shouldn't be asked to they've rotated this so like it should be somebody else next year they've had different teams do it this year obviously they sent two um i mean you know i'm sure it was fine uh, you know, they, the game itself was, was an interesting one because they were, you know, it's kind of similar to the football game the next day because, you know, you, you, they got in a hole at halftime. They were down, you know, 13, I think, or something. And they clawed back. They tied the game with, you know, 10 minutes to go. And then it got away from them again. And, they, you know, they couldn't, couldn't get stops. That's just what it felt like. They got tied and then Colorado scored on like three straight possessions. And I was like, well, that's it. Um, but it had some positives. They righted the and, ship and, at the free throw line after, you know, starting out terrible. They wound up they shooting seventy two percent from the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean it wasn't a it wasn't a bad performance and you know, you just you have to put a little incomplete on it because A, it's the first game of the year. B it's, you know, twenty time zones away, uh, or whatever. I may have that number wrong, but something like that. Um, and C, you know, two key players didn't play. Um, and so, you know, it's tough to read too much into it. I think, you know, you take some positives, some of the young guys, especially Jalen Graham, thought looked pretty solid. Yeah. 28 Uh, minutes for Graham. Uh, he ended with six points, 
five blocks yeah. and three yeah. boards. The <laughs> If you're wondering if uh, shooting is genetic, it is. Jalen House <laughs> cranked up nine shots. Uh, he only the, hit the one of them. He hasn't proven it's genetic, but yeah. the willingness to shoot yeah. certainly is. Yeah, yeah. The, no, and I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him a little bit of a pass. I mean, you know, like he he impacted the game in other ways. He played good defense, and you know, we'll just I we'll was, hope it's just one of those nights. You know, I was stunned when I saw the box score for this game because I was trying to follow it while I was sitting in an airport. Right, but right. He ended with the second most minutes on the team behind Remy Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he got a lot of action. Yeah, and Valton you know, played uh, seventeen. Yes, which I yes, assume would be all of Cherry's minutes, probably. That's the thing. It's hard to read into this because, you know, two guys that will probably average, you know, 25 plus minutes, both of them didn't play. And so, you you know, it's it's tough to read too much into the rotations and, and you know, uh, you know, dispersal of minutes. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. It wasn't, you know, wasn't his best offensive night, but he looked like, a, you know, certainly a spark plug on defense. Not a great game for Verge. Um you know, hopefully there'll be better nights for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've heard some really good things. First game wasn't all that great, but you know, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat it as what it was, which is the first game of the year in a very odd place uh, against a better team. I mean, I think to be 100 percent just flat out honest, Colorado's better team right now, and may be that way all year. So. Uh, you know, take it for what it is and hope we get a couple wins here this, this next few days, including tonight. And then, uh, you know, a little bit tougher stretch then as we get toward Thanksgiving time. Uh, one last thing I want to mention from the game. Rob Edwards came out 28 minutes, 20 points, four of six from three, four or five at the line. It, look, if, if he can do this on a semi-consistent basis. Sure. That's an excellent baseline for what he and Martin provided. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, there were positives. You know, it was not a, you know, you hate losing. Um, losing sucks, you know, and especially the season opener. You, you'd like to start out with a few wins and, you know, but there were there were good things. Um, some things that weren't so good. You know, again, I, I thought our defense was poor. But it, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm hesitant to, again, read too much into that just yet because, again, Two key guys, including your best big man, didn't play. Well, and that and, to me is the the key on the twelve offensive rebounds we gave we yeah. gave up to them. Yeah, you know. yeah, you know. So, I mean, that is a concern for me. We talked about it throughout last year that you know these teams haven't been very good defensively under Hurley. Um, and and I I'm not saying I want to play like Herb Sendex teams and you know win games forty three to forty two, but I want to win games. Yeah, I want to win games, and and you know sometimes you got to get stops, and that was a prime example. You know, we we made the burst. We 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 scored. I think you know close to thirty points in the first ten minutes of the second half. We were tied, and then they come down and score, and then they come down and score, and they come down, and it was like, man, we we did all this work to tie the game, and right away it's a you know six point margin again, and you felt like, well, now we're back in a hole, and we stayed that way. So. That was the frustrating thing for me. Was you know, it's like, man, you, you got to have a few stops. We couldn't get them. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll be back. We're going to talk about more football, more basketball, more Lancers. Yep, yep. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>